Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Can the Steelers offense regroup week three Sunday night football on the road against the Las Vegas Raiders? Welcome into the Believe in Steelers show. I'm Mark Bergen. He's two-time Super Bowl champion at Pittsburgh Steelers scout. Swagging you, Ike Taylor. IT, good to see you on a Friday. I hope you're doing well this morning, my man. On a Friday, got fam in town. That's why I'm sitting in my room doing this podcast. Got a little bit of a bit different backdrop today. Ike, loaded show today. Trayvon Diggs going to be out for the season for the Cowboys. Bryce Young is going to sit as well in week three for the Panthers. We'll recap Thursday night's uh, blowout. 49ers blowing out the New York Giants. But Ike, we're going to start. Can the Steelers offense regroup in week three? I did some research in advance of the show too, Ike. You mentioned on our last show on Monday about the need for play action. The Steelers use play action through the first two weeks of the season, fewest in the NFL. There's a couple of other tendencies, and the big question is going to be, can Matt Canada, Kenny Pickett, and this offense get right in week three after struggling through two weeks in the season? Yeah, I get it. I mean, into into that offense defense too. Uh, Cl- the Cleveland Browns team Mark, ain't no slouch defense, you know. The San Francisco 49ers, as we all can see, if Brock Purdy stay healthy, they looking like Super Bowl um, around the corner in February for them. So they pretty much got the recipe for everything you're looking for: a defense, a run game, a pass game, and just some guys. When you get the ball in their hands, man, they rough with that ball. So you know, it it, it to to. <laughs> to the to the Steelers offense, they played two very tough defenses. Okay, now we 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 did that. So let's see how we do against the Las Las Vegas Raiders. You know, so their defense, the, the Raiders defense, I think is okay. It's not like a Cleveland or a San Fran defense in my mind, but at the same time, what adjustments are we gonna make as a offense to attack the Raiders defense? This is going on week three. Yeah, I, the tendencies that I want to discuss with you, uh, Warren Sharp, who's a football analyst, had some great data showing that typically when the Steelers are in a shotgun formation, they throw the ball. And then when they're under center, they typically run the ball. I don't want that to be so telling of where it's like a 90% correlation with those two things. You got to switch it up. And then he also found that the Steelers play action fewest in the league. And to me, that's what Kenny Pickett's skill set is, is utilizing the play action. So I would like to see the Steelers utilize their tight ends a lot more than they have to this point in the season. I know Darnell Washington is a rookie, but Pat Fryermuth getting only one target on Monday Night Football. I would like to see that change because when he's been on the field and combat catches one-on-one scenarios, he's been an asset in the passing game. And I'm talking about Pat Fryermuth here. So you look at those tendencies, if I'm an opposing defense, if the Steelers are on a shotgun, they're going to throw. If they're under center, they're going to run. That needs to change. There needs to be some more balance. and They need to switch things up in the offense because it can't be that predictable. From someone who's watching the game as an analyst from afar, let alone if you're an opposing defensive coordinator, an opposing scout, an opposing coach, getting ready to play this Steelers offense. That's something I would like to see changed hopefully starting this week on Sunday night. So if, if if I'm if I'm getting them kind of tendencies, right, Mark? If they figure if I'm in two tights, which is 12 personnel, one back, two tight ends, and I and I run, you know, predominantly 
out that formation, guess what I'm going to do this game? I'm going to stay in two tights, 12 personnel, the whole mm-hmm. game, so I can run and pass. If I'm in shotgun formation mm-hmm. and they think thinking 90% of the time I'm passing the ball, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to add another tight end as well in the shotgun formation, and I'm going to do both. So it's, it's, it's self-scouting, and that's what I, that's mm-hmm. what I love as a player because I always ask the Charlie Batches, the Byron Leftwich, them guys who was who was behind Ben at the time, how would you attack an Ike Taylor? And they told me exactly in practice how they would attack an Ike Taylor. So as a offensive coordinator, I'm asking the defensive coordinator, how would you attack a Matt Canada? Okay, let me let me counter, let me adjust. Or what are my tendencies? You got we got so much, we got so much room for information. We can gather any kind of information we want, whether it's tendencies, whether the team's uh, weak link, whether it's the team's uh, uh, strongest link, whether it's the opposing defense best player, who's the weakest link, is it the secondary, is it the, is it the linebackers, is it the D-line, what their defensive coordinator like to do on first, second, and third down. If I get in the red zone, what's their tendencies in the red zone, I can always count them. We can get in information whenever we want to, especially at that level. So... I'm just saying, if I, if I was in that position, we like to self-evaluate as players. We like the, the great ones. They like the we already know we're supposed to make plays, right, Mark? Tell me why, where I'm messing up at and how you attack me so I can make sure that doesn't happen again. The same way if you're offense or defense coordinator. The self-scouting, Ike, I think is the key there. I'm going to continue this conversation in just a second. We need to tell our listeners and viewers about betonline.ag. They'll take care of all of your NFL gambling needs. Week three is here. If you want to place a bet on any of the action or the player props, betonline.ag is the place to do it. 365, 24-7, regardless on what sport y'all want to go to, make sure y'all go to betonline.ag. You see the promo code on your screen right now. That's B-L-E-A-V to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. The self-scouting, though, I think is huge. I think that's huge. And if we're picking up on these tendencies early on, it's something I want to see improved. And I know that the Steelers do utilize motion in Matt Canada's offense. Another thing I would like to see that I've just noticed with my own two eyes, when the motion man goes past the center and it's clear he's not going to get the ball on a jet sweep, the Steelers never then get the ball to that same said motion man. That's something else that I'm picking up on that I watch each week. So it's like, okay, if he crosses the center and he doesn't have the ball, I know the ball's not going to that player. If that's going to be a facet and a component of your offense, like these are things I'm picking up on. And like, look, I don't know X's and O's nearly to the level of someone who's a high caliber level player in the NFL, but that's something I want to see addressed. I know the Steelers use a zone run blocking scheme, but when I see that through two weeks, they have not had a guard pull a single time. And I think about back in the day, Super Bowl 40, Willie Parker's 75-yard touchdown. What spurred that? It was Alan Fanica's pull on a key pull block that spurred Willie Parker for the long touchdown. I know that was years and years and years ago. And I know that, like, you're looking at scheme. But, like, why not get Isaac Sayamalu and Daniels moving along the offensive line to get this running game going? And I think the moment you get the running game going, a lot of other things are going to click. It's been the defenses you've played. When you played the 49ers, you were pretty much facing a two-touchdown or a two-score deficit right from the jump. And then the clock becomes your enemy. 
They couldn't control the line of scrimmage against the Cleveland Browns. Much improved. Jim Schwartz coming over as the defensive coordinator. But these are just things that like I'm looking at to where it's like, what could you do to improve the offense? I'm putting this stuff out there and it's stuff that I'm watching. Ike, and we've been doing this show now. This is our fifth season that absolutely must improve for this team to have success in 2023 and beyond. Kenny, give me five players you like on offense. First, second, and third down. Kenny, give me the plays. Give me the plays you would like to run. Give me the formations. Give me the personnel, Kenny, that you like. I'm, I'm talking as if I'm, you know, OC. Mm-hmm. So you got five plays on first downs. Give me, give me three different formations. You got five plays on second down. Give me three different formations. You got five plays on third down. Give me the th- three different formations. And we're gonna bump it up a little bit. Give me five plays in the uh, high red zone, low red zone, in the five yard line. And let's 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 sit down and talk about it during the week. That's just that's just that's just something I would do. So now when Kenny uh, throughout the week, when Kenny looking at it, and I'm a counter kid, I'm like Kenny. This is their defense. This is what they like to run. I'm gonna make I'm gonna make it so comfortable for Kenny. Kenny, this is their defense. This is what they like to run. This is this is the guy on the defensive line who's their strongest. This is the guy on the defensive line who's their weak link. They got a shutdown corner on this side. Let's try to stay away from them. Uh, they they got a safety who's a ball hawk. Let's try to stay away from him as well. I think our matchup is with the linebackers, so let's use tight ends. I'm going to present that to Kenny. And then I'm going to let Kenny take off on the plays he won't run. Okay, Kenny, these are the plays I won't run too as well. So now, now we linked in and we got a marriage. So out th- during the week, all Kenny doing is checking the plays he like. Going to practice, he know one, two, and three, the reads. I'm going to say, Kenny, I'm going to give you a high-low and a flat combination. I'm going to have a deep route for you. I'm going to have an intermediate route for you, and I'm going to have a short route for you every time. Just tell me which ones you want to do. So it's that one, two, three check. Kenny, if you don't want to scan the field from left to right or from right to left, we're just going to stick to one side. But you will have three to four options on that one side. Now you got to get the ball out. So I'm just saying, really, I'm just talking on when I was coaching eight-year-olds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, so that's, that's, that, that, that's a, and the reason why I'm saying it like this, I think all guys who play defense be, be good offensive coordinators because they know how to attack a defense. Amen, Ike. Amen, so Ike. That's, 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 that's what I would do. I'm just, I'm just, you know, if, if was the fifth, Mark, I'm just saying, that's how I would approach the situation. <laughs> Ike, I got to give a shout out to friend of the show, Alex Kazora. He does great work at Steelers Depot. He noticed about the lack of pulling guards through two weeks. So we'll see if these tendencies change. And again, uh, Warren Sharp with a lot of the analysis, pre-snap analysis, based on how the Steelers are lined up in terms of what types of plays they're running. And when you can put stats and quantity in what is a two-game sample size, you can then better understand what it is that's going on. We have a few people checking into the chat. Stephen Carpenter checking in, agreeing with us, Ike. I want to see, what is it, the 12 personnel with two tight ends? Not using the tight ends in the passing game with the talent we have as a head-scratcher to me. I just want to see Pat Fryermuth get more than one target, Ike. We, if that happens, I will be a happy man. And at least we could say, we tried what was our schematic advantage. Tight end is a position of depth for the Steelers, in my opinion. Yeah, you know, you know, you know, I love my tight ends. That's the uh thank you, Steve. That's the that's the quarterback safety valve, right? So we call in the middle, in the middle of the field, we call that interstate 10 or interstate four, whichever side 
you want in the world. That's a lot of traffic going on in there. Only big boys <clears throat> go in the middle. And that's exactly where I'm gonna have my tight ends go. Cause I got big boy tight ends. I got six six tight end and I got a six eight tight end. So I'm gonna let them boys run up and down the interstate, as we as we like to say down here. I'm gonna give them some more targets. It's, it's just me trying to balance. But all, all all of this starts with the running game. Yes. All of this yes. We can't. I, I I got to piggyback off this because we can't hammer home this point enough. People want to point to the struggles of Pickett and the play calling of Canada. Fine. 21 carries for 55 yards rushing. You're not going to win many football games if that's the case, Ike. And it's meatball. It's old school. It's not pretty. But when you look at the time of possession, you can say, (laughs) oh, well, the 49ers put up 30 points on the Steelers. The offense for the 49ers was out on the field for almost 38 minutes. If your defense is going to be on the field for that long, your offense only holds the ball for 22, and it's almost a two-to-one time discrepancy, almost, you're not going to win many football games, Ike. And especially once it gets colder out, like it's just not a recipe. So running the ball, Ike, I have to, I'm going to pour gasoline onto your fire when you bring up that point, because it's not flashy, but that to me is good. Like the moment that that clicks, I think everything else falls into place. Whether that happens is an entirely different conversation. Yeah. It's just, it's just find a way. Um, and hopefully coach Matt Canada will find a way this week to get the ball rolling on the offensive side, uh, getting Kenny comfortable and and getting that running game going. Once the run game starts, it's a wrap. Just, just look at the San Francisco 49ers and what they're doing, Christian McCaffrey and Elijah Mitchell. Once, once, once they get that running game, man, it's, it's kind of, <clears throat> it's kind of hard to stop them. Then, then it gets the offensive lineman in the rhythm. Like all they want to do is just bruise people all day, you know, then, and guess what, what, guess what comes after the running game? The play action passes. You know, so, um, yeah. I mean, Coach Matt had figured it out. Um, I still got faith in Coach Coach Matt Canada's, but that running game, man, I think we should always start off every game just just to heat check, see what that running game gonna look like. Uh, Zach is checking in, Ike, and he's got a question about some of the analysis we found from Warren Sharp, saying that uh, I don't know if these percentages are exact, but saying that more often than not, the Steelers have passed the ball out of shotgun. And then less than 15% of the time they run the ball when they're lined up under center. How does that make it easier for a defense to know, okay, runner pass is coming from a defensive standpoint, Ike, you played in the league 12 years when you can pick up on these pre-snap tendencies, how does that help you as a player? Route combinations. Who's the go-to guy, you know, right now is George Pickens. So we're going to take George out and let somebody else beat us. All right. After George, who else we should look at? I'm going to look at Pat. Fair enough. I'm gonna look at Pat. So we're gonna make sure we're gonna make sure we take these two out. Everybody else, everybody else gotta beat us with the one-on-ones. We'll mm-hmm. take that. But from 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 this point on, um just the emergence of George, I'm gonna try to take George out. If I know you in shotgun and you throwing the ball 82% of the time, man, I'm gonna go out on I'm gonna go out on take George out and let everybody else beat me. And then that would be that would be my game plan. I would double George, everybody else gotta beat me. Got it. And Zach, thank you for checking in. State of the Steelers also saying until the Steelers <clears throat> can prove they can throw over the stack box, the running game is going to be tough. This goes back to, okay, throw the ball when you're under center sometimes. Uh, run the ball sometimes out of shotgun. I'd like to see them give the ball to Najee Harris, put Connor Hayward back in the backfield. I formation, maybe uh, fullback, fullback slotted to one side like 
right, right beneath a guard or a tackle and, and go from there. Uh, that's to where you've got to get some of the play calling creativity pre-snap. But uh, to me, the tight ends are the, the advantage, Ike, in running the two tight end sets with Pickett under center. It sets up the play action. But if the opposing defense wants to run a nickel or a dime package, you could play bully ball and you can run. If they want to put their linebackers out on the field, you can beat them in the passing game because you've got tight ends who are more skilled than a linebacker in coverage. So uh, I love these live comments, Ike, because it helps kind of tap into our brain and provide insight to our viewers of, again, how we would attack the Steelers uh, if we were the coordinator going. So, so, so the way the way you would counter that too, all right, say the running game ain't working. You just don't want to mm-hmm. run the ball, right? <clears throat> whether it's shotgun or whether we're in uh, um, our formation or 12 personnel. Guess what I'm doing? Hey, George, I'm about to throw this, run this go ball, and I'm about to throw it to you at least twice a quarter. Just, just, just to make sure the defensive coordinator backs up in coverage, because once you start taking shots, it it it, it messes with the psyche of the defensive coordinator. <clears throat> Excuse me, because he don't want to give up that he don't want to give up that big play. He don't want to give up that chunk play. So to loosen him up, guess what I'm doing? I'm high, I'm gonna go high that GP fourteen. The alien sitting outside that GP twice a quarter. When well, I'm gonna take my deep shots, I'm gonna take it with you. Come down with the ball. That's a nine. That's a ninety ten ball. Ninety percent you, ten percent is on the rest of the world. Yeah, that's all you. So and, and and that's going that's going to force the defensive coordinator as well to loosen up on his coverages. And then 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 he's going to be like, you know what? I'd rather give up or I try these three or four yards on this run game to give up this fifty yard bomb by GP or keep getting these pass interferences. Yes, Ike, well said, and thank you to the people that have checked in with us this morning. We'll get to more comments throughout this conversation. We're almost 20 minutes in, Ike, and we have yet to mention the matchup I think is most important, and it's not Devontae Adams who will play despite getting a mild concussion in week two in that Bills game, but it's going to be slowing down Max Crosby along the offensive line. You can move him around. He's going to be tough for any tackle, Ike, but this to me was the – Last of three matchups. Week one, you go up against Bosa. Week two, Miles Garrett. Week three is Max Crosby. All three of those players are game wreckers, in my opinion. And this, to me, was why it was like, okay, Dan Moore Jr. could start the season along the left side, and then you can bring Broderick Jones along once he's ready because you don't want to throw him right from the frying pan right into the fire because these are as talented as edge rushers as there are in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, Max... I mean that left that that left side of the line. Uh, I mean, really, that that whole that offensive line, man. They've been playing against some dogs <laughs> the last the last two games, more to keep it one hundred. And I I, I I I totally understand. I'm talking about some all pros, some former defensive player of the years, some Hall of Famers, man. They they play they played against some dogs, <laughs> some dogs. So I get it, but we'll see. That's a coaching decision. Um, on Coach T and the offensive line and staff and what they want to do with Roger. Uh, to to me, if 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 I think he's just a dog, man, let 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 the little pup go out there and bite somebody right quick, man. Yes. Yeah. Let let the yes. little pup, let the little pup go out there and bite somebody. The school he went to, <laughs> the nickname the dogs. So let the, let the little pup already know how to be a dog, man. Let the little pup go out there and bite somebody. But <clears throat> but. Mark, they are, they, they're sprinkling him in 
anyway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you, and you starting to see his athleticism. He, he running 20, 30 yards down the field trying to chase guys to get some of them extra blocks. So he's getting sprinkled in them. It's just a matter of time on when they won't pull the trigger. The dancing polar bears, Ike. Yes, love them. Yeah, it's scary. Scary as an opposing defender. I just think it would be so cool when George Pickens goes off on a long touchdown and you've got Darnell and Broderick Jones. It's like we've gone from Athens to now we're here in the NFL. How cool an opportunity that that is. And the one thing I would give Canada credit for when we're talking about George Pickens is Pickens got 10 targets in the Monday night game. Now, four catches. I'd like to see that efficiency improve, but I'm fine with getting Pickens 10, 15 targets in a game because when he gets the ball in his hands with space, he's a special, special player. And that's something I have seen from the Steelers where it's like, what's the positive in the preseason and now in the regular season, he had like four catches for 127 yards. Like uh, he can take it the distance. He can beat you in a multitude of ways. So getting him the ball in creative ways other than the just go route. If there's one thing that's been a positive, I'd say that would be one of them. It's just the efficiency that needs to improve. I mean, that's, you know, that's damn near what two, two targets a quarter and <clears throat> one, in one of them quarters, he going to get an extra two. So y'all I'm, I'm definitely, I'm definitely giving him between 10 and 15 looks for sure. I'm giving him 10 to 15 looks for sure. Cause it's two things. Either he going to make a play or, he gonna make a play or somebody gonna get a pass interference. It's gonna it's gonna be one of the two when it comes down to GP. Uh, but at the same time, you know, I'm trying, I'm running his way too, because I know the I know the man get pissed off and he'll block the hell out of corner all the way out in the end zone. So I'm, I'm gonna run his way too. So that's a plus for me as well. But you got so many weapons, man. You got Cam, you got Najee, you got Jalen, you got Pat, you got GP, you got AR, you got Calvin Austin the third. I mean, we got weapons. <laughs> we got weapons. <laughs> we definitely got some weapons. So hopefully Coach will figure that thing out, man. We'll see what happens Sunday night against the Las Vegas Raiders. Before I get to my score prediction, Ike, what is your key to the game? For me, it's Crosby relative to the Steelers' struggles through two weeks and trying to control the line of scrimmage, get the running game going, get this offense right. What say you, though, Ike Taylor, about a key on Sunday night for either team in terms of determining the outcome of the yeah, game. It's Kenny versus it's, it's Kenny. It's Kenny versus Jimmy. The two QBs. The two two QBs. The the QB with the less mistakes, no no interceptions, going to come out with winning this ball game. Cause it's the game going to be about uh, <clears throat> not only time on possession, but you know turnovers, turnovers. And Kenny don't have no turnovers. We winning. Jimmy don't have no turnovers. It's going to be a ball game. So you got they 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 down there right now kind of mirror each other on the style of play mm-hmm. right now. I know Jimmy has been in the league a long time, but I'm saying the style of play they down there mirror each other on that style. So it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. But for me, it's the two QBs. It's the two QBs. You mentioned the styles of play, Ike. Only one of the Steelers' 23 drives starting in their own territory have reached the red zone. That's the league worst. But the good news for the Steelers. The Raiders have allowed 62% of opponents' drives starting in opponent territory to reach the ends, the, the red zone. That is also an NFL worst. So you mentioned the styles of play. To me, the recipe is very similar, and we said this on our last episode really quickly. Against Cleveland, you had to stop Chubb, Cooper, and Clowney. 
very similar with this Raiders teams in Jacobs, Adams, and Crosby. It's it's a very similar of, hey, these are the players you need to key on. You got to know where they're at at all times. And line of scrimmage game who can avoid making mistakes. We'll see Sunday night. Uh, I, I've got the Steelers winning, and I hope that there's not bad blood after last year. The Immaculate Reception game, 50 years from that. Pickens had a touchdown late in that one to put the Steelers over the top. Remember, though, that was the Derek Carr-led Raiders team, not the Jimmy G-led Raiders team. I'm going to take the Steelers to take care of business again uh, on the road, and I've got them winning. We'll see what happens, though, come Sunday night. Yeah, make sure y'all go to betonline.ag to put a, to place a bet on the Steelers and Raiders game. Ike, we'll move on uh, to Thursday night football and the 49ers blowing out the Giants. I think this 49ers team is the real deal. I think they're out for vengeance. I think they're out for blood. Brandon Ayuk didn't play, the guy who absolutely lit up the Steelers in week one. This is just a special football team. And when I look at the headline right now on ESPN.com and it's McCaffrey ties Jerry Rice's 49ers record for consecutive games with the touchdown, this is a special, special team. To me, the biggest thing for them is like, can you stay healthy throughout the duration of the season? Because this is, in my opinion, the best team in all of football. Yeah, they got the best roster from, from top to bottom. They got the, they got they got the best. Whatever personnel you want to go on offense, um, they got it. They got a tight end in Kittles. Brandon Ayuk didn't play last night. They're so leading receiver so far, too, by the way. Like, you, you know, got, like you got Debo, you got Christian McCaffrey, um, you got Elijah Mitchell, Brock is leading. Damn, he's in the rhythm, he's in the zone. I mean, I just I just like the poise and the moxie and the smartness by Brock. Like if Brock if, if Brock don't have it, he just throwing it out of bounds. He's not even trying to like he gets it at a young age. He ain't even trying to force it. He just throwing that thing out of bounds. He get pressure, he just throwing it out of bounds. Kyle Shanahan on the headphone to tell the headset, tell the man, good job. Let's get to the next play. I appreciate that right there. And you, 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 you can see it, man. They just got so much depth at every position. And all all, all the offensive linemen, all they want to do is just fight you. I mean, not literally fight you, which I know they don't mind doing. I'm talking about just just smother you to death. Elephant, your butt. Sit a hundred tons on your chest plate. You know, then a defensive line started with Nick and company. I mean, then you got Greenlaw, then you got Fred Warner. Like, from, from the front all the way to the back, you just look at their roster and it's very impressive. But to me, Mark, the most impressive thing is the style they play. They got a former Hall of Fame safety and John Lynch sitting up there as your general manager, what kind of guys do you think he wants? I want guys who like to inflict pain on other men. And that's how that's how they draft. Yeah. That's how they draft. Yep. They got an old school, they got an old school GM who actually played with Kyle Shanahan, played for Kyle Shanahan's dad and Mike Shanahan. Right, and all they did was inflict, inflict pain on defense, play action or zone run with TD and company, and and John Elway and Shannon and Shannon Sharp keep the ball going and hurt people. Whether it was on offense or defense, we gonna hurt them. We gonna hurt them running, and we gonna hurt them coming downhill on defense. And then when you just look at their roster, now I got a Kyle Shanahan 
an offensive genius, and he's just figuring ways how to get so-and-so the ball. When talking about this 49ers team, absolutely special. And I heard this analogy is we'll work to get Ike back here in just a second. When you talk about the 49ers, and I mentioned this on a previous show, how many other teams could miss on the number three overall pick in Trey Lance and then go on and say, we're fine. We still have dogs at every single level of our team. Line of scrimmage, linebackers and running backs, skill position players. I heard this on another show. And the only other time I've really heard of this in sports, and if there's people in the comments that can provide other examples, please list them. But it reminds me of back in the day when the Detroit Pistons had the number two overall pick and they decided to take Darko Milicic instead of Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh, or Carmelo Anthony. And what that would have done to a Pistons team, I don't know, but they would have been better with any three of those players other than Darko. This to me reminds me of, okay, you miss on Trey Lance. You recognize and understand that. Still get some value back in the trade with the Cowboys and not miss a beat and still be fine with the quarterback where if he's a letter grade B, B minus, this team is going to go deep in the playoffs, if not win the Super Bowl outright. A lot has to happen. You got to get lucky. You have to avoid injuries, matchups, all of that. But this to me has been the best team in football. I don't know if there's another NFL franchise that could say, hey, we're going to miss on our third overall pick not not miss a beat and be fine. Uh, and again, it reminds me of the Pistons back in the day, but I'm trying to think of other examples where something like so, this has happened. So, so it, but, but, here, but here's why, Mark. When you have a former player, when you have a Hall of Fame, G, Hall of Fame safety, who just so happens to be a, a, a general manager in John Lynch, right? And all we talk about was his physicality and how he used to rip the ball Rip the head off of another receiver or running back, whoever we went against. You don't think that man self self scouted himself every game? So what you what you think he's doing as a GM? He's telling himself the truth. He's telling the organization the truth. He he don't mind saying, you know what, I missed on this one. How many GMs that get quarterbacks that move up to get quarterbacks be like, you know what, I missed on this one. So so the fact. The fact that you're honest to yourself. My grandma used to tell me all this all the time. You can lie to me, don't lie to yourself. So the fact that he's honest with himself, honest with the organization, and him and Kyle on the same, him and Kyle on the same page, they able to move forward ASAP and not hold on to it and want to be right all the time. So you know what? Brock is our guy. We got to move off of Trey. Um, we hope. We wish the best for Trey. Trey didn't work out for us. Maybe he'll work out for the Dallas Cowboys. We'll see down the line. Boom. We missed out on that one. And move forward. Usually, when it's, when we talk about quarterbacks, we're we'll First-round rookie quarterbacks, yep. They hold on to them. They hold on. And every year you hold on to them, you're setting yourself back two years. So the fact they got off a of trade ASAP said a lot. Then, then after they did it, then after they did it, they acknowledged it like, we missed on we missed on him like that's 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 my fault. How many how, how many front offices are willing to say that? But when you got a former player who understands and knows, like I gotta be honest with myself. Like I thought I thought he was gonna hit, but for us he didn't hit for us. We had to move on. 
So I'm just looking at I'm just looking at the lay of the landmark and seeing that that quarterback positions, everybody wants to be right all the time when it comes down to the front office. It's not too many GMs gonna be like I missed on that one and say it publicly. But for John Lynch, for him and the organization, that's why they always a step ahead. Yeah, I can. It's like the best franchises and teams you see, like the inside the locker room clips or the sidelines where they're always like, it's about us. It's about us. I don't think it matters who lines up against this 49ers team. And I know we're both of the belief that had they not had injuries to their quarterback situation, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. they would have right. been the, the NFC representative yeah. in the Super Bowl a year ago. I, I've got to go on my soapbox for just a second here. I saw a clip on social media last night, 49ers fans fighting other 49ers fans. I know that the Patriots had fighting in the stands of their game and a fan died. If you're watching this or listening to this, and I, I almost don't even want to discuss it because it's giving credence. Like I'm in my thirties now, Ike, and it's just, there's no rationalization of stupid and fighting to me is just the dumbest thing that you can do unless you're getting paid a ton of money in boxing or UFC if you're, uh, you know, defending your country in the military uh, or if you're defending your family or friends in a situation where it's like you absolutely must protect them. Other than that, like sports is supposed to be a unifier. I want to see this stop. I'm not going to share these clips on my social feeds. There's no credence for this. And sports is supposed to unite and bring us together despite any of our backgrounds, race, creed, religion, where you're from, uh, political beliefs, whatever, uh, this has to stop. And I've said my piece. Yeah. I, I have no room to talk. So I'm gonna let you talk for that. Cause when it comes down to fighting, I, I'm keeping 100 with you, Mark. I have no room to talk whatsoever. Um, but now I'm a better, now I'm a better person, you know, Mark, I, I you know, going through anger management classes, uh, talking to a psychiatrist, um, I mean, when I, the way I grew up, Mark, it was ignorant. And I didn't know it was ignorant because that's all I knew. You know, grew up, growing up in New Orleans, you know, we call, it, we call it eye contact. So eye contact got your natural beef. If I looked at you, Mark, you looked at me, I ain't know you. I felt played. In New Orleans, when you feel played, we fighting on sight. So um, that was my mentality. And slowly but surely, that had to leave me in Pittsburgh. You know, they had to come out around my second... My third year, I was getting too many. Like my first three years, I was just getting it too many. And then Paul Paroni was like, man, I love you, but if you keep getting into this trouble, I have to let you go. He had to tell me no more. So wow. it, I'm, 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 I'm better now um, than, I, than I ever was. But when it comes down to uh, stadiums and high school, uh, football games, basketball, regardless of what sport it is, um, we're there to entertain and we like to see people from all walks of life. Like, I think, I think football is the only sport where you get people, regardless on whether it's political, black, white, Hispanic, whatever, whatever color you is, they strangers. And the one thing we got in common is that team, <laughs> our team, and you become strangers to become buddies in that three and a half hours. So, and, and us as players who are on the field, we feed off of that. We feed off the fans. We feed off that energy. We feed off a, a proud Steeler um, fan around the world who got something tattooed on them, a Rooney or the emblem, symbol of anything or a player. Like, we feed off that. We love that. It's prideful. 
but the fighting, the fighting got to stop, you know? So the fighting, the, it messes up, it messes up the vibe. There is no need in that kind of environment to fight. Um, I don't know if some, some of this is all driven by alcohol, Mark. I really don't know. Yeah. So yeah. we shall see. Um, what what I what I, what I've learned is as long as somebody is not threatening your life, let people say whatever they want to say. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let let them say whatever they want to say. So I agree with you. Um, I had to grow from it. I can't lie. But you know, in them kind of environments, man, let's all just you know kind of enjoy and rejoice. You know, one another. Yeah, it just didn't make sense to me where sometimes it's opposing fans and it's like they're all 49ers fans. So I didn't, I, again, I don't know what was said, but um, I, we will move on. Uh, two final topics. The Cowboys are going to be without Trayvon Diggs, their star cornerback, torn ACL, done for the season. I, this Cowboys defense has been downright dominant, maybe the NFL's best. Uh but leading the league number one in yards allowed and points per game through two weeks, uh, fewest there. And then Diggs is just a ball hawk, 18 interceptions since 2020, uh, tied for most in the NFL. And uh, we'll see how this Cowboys team fares without its best cornerback. Again, he's very high risk, high reward, but he's as good as there is in the league and very opportunistic given what Micah Parsons does up front for this defense. And uh, Ike, to me too, this conversation is going to transition into if the Cowboys keep this going, I'm not just talking about Micah Parsons for Defensive Player of the Year. I'm talking about him potentially being in the running for NFL MVP. So we'll see how they fare without their star cornerback, a a big blow for the Cowboys early on this season. Man, it sucks losing a guy like, you know, Trayvon Diggs. You're talking about ball hawk. Um, for some way, form or fashion, the ball always just find up falling in his lap. He always around the ball. That's that's something you can't never coach. <laughs> you just gotta acknowledge it and be like, man, it's a reason why we paid him in the offseason. You know, um, to have in one year eleven picks. I think one year the man went for the eleven piece. Had eleven picks in one year. That's tough to do, Mark. That's 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 unheard of. That's uncommon. But Trey, Trey, Trey's a gambler. You know, he's a cert, he's a certified gambler, man. High risk, like you say, high risk, high reward. But it's and then when you get a guy like Stephon Gilmore on the other side, who I thought the reason why I thought Trayvon Diggs was looking better with his technique and understanding the game was because of Gilmore sitting on the other side. I think will be a future Hall of Famer. So you got them two who's locking down the outside mark. Now I can play with my safeties. I can move my safeties around. Now I'm able to see Curse get a few more interceptions. Now I, I don't really have to drop uh, Michael Par- Parson on some situations because I got two lockdowns, and after my two lockdowns, I got two safeties who I'm able to adjust with. Now that 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 Trayvon Diggs is out the lineup, I might have to move Michael Parsons a few pieces. He can't blitz as much now. I might need him in some drop zone coverages now. So that's 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 the domino effect when you lose a guy like a Trayvon Diggs. It schematically it messes up what you like to do. So now we shall see how uh um defense coordinator name over there. Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn. We should see what, what what Coach Quinn does now since he's I guarantee you Mike is not gonna be rushing 
as much. He's going to be dropping back a little bit because of Trayvon Diggs. You feel me? So that's the domino effect when you have two lockdown corners, especially a guy who's a ball hawk and a guy who's a fundamentally uh, funda fundamental technician sitting in Stelphon Gilmore. And for me, the domino effect from Stelphon, you saw that before uh, Trayvon got hurt, him working on his fundamentals. So for me, I was looking at Trey like, okay, this is a complete cornerback. Even though he got 15 to 18 picks in three years, I'm like, his technique, he's getting that polish from watching Gilmore. Mm. He won't do nothing but getting better. So we thought 18 was looking good in three years or 15 picks were looking good in three. Ain't no telling what they was going to do because eventually you had to come see one of the two. You want to throw the ball on his side of stuff on stuff on side or you want to throw the ball on uh, Trey Diggs' side? Either way it goes, they're going to pick the ball off anyway. Yeah, good luck. Good luck. You're in my brain, Ike, which is a dangerous place to be because you mentioned Dan Quinn. He's had the opportunity to become a head coach again. Remember, he used to be the coach of the Falcons uh, a few years back, and he's had the opportunity to become a head coach again. He's saying, no, I'm going to stay on this Dallas staff and continue to coach Micah Parsons, who's been just an absolute game wrecker off the edge, a player we love come out of Penn State, and he's been doing his thing too. And Ike, if the Cowboys keep this going, even with the loss of Diggs, it's very premature to have this conversation now, but I do think it transitions to, could we have a defensive player be the league MVP? Because he is just everywhere. And when there's rumors that the Cowboys might use him offensively too, almost like how the Texans used JJ Watt, JJ Watt offensively a few years back too. Uh, they're just adding to his case to say, Hey, could a defensive player in fact do it if there's enough momentum, nah, it, enough of the storyline there? Nah, I, I agree with you 100%, Mark. But but Trey, when you lose a guy like Trey Diggs and you acquire a guy like uh, Stephon Gilmore, you just you just let Micah do what he won't do because yeah. you, ain't, you 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 <laughs> it's, you know what? I got a billion dollars now. I went from 500. I went from 500 million, and I I hit the billy. When you acquire a guy like uh, Stephon Gilmore, but you already had a guy like Trayvon Diggs. By the way, I got a Michael Parsons. So I go from I go from 250 million with, with I'm talking about as a DC. I go from 250 million with with a Michael Parsons. Then I got the 250 million with Trayvon Diggs. Now I just acquired 250 million <laughs> with a uh, Stephon Gilmore. I'm damn near seeing the billing. Yeah. So let, let, let me see what I want to work with schematically wise. But when you lose Trey, it's, it's tough. It's tough. Ike, it's just like if I'm an opposing offensive player, just, hey, here here's the football. Take that right out of my hands, and maybe we'll consider punting on third down. Like, that's how dominant this defense has been. Oh. It's a bit of a hyperbole, but you get my point. Like, them two, them two, I'm telling you, when you have two, when you have two corners studs. that are locked down, man – I'm not listen here. I'm sitting. I'm sitting. This I'm, if I was Dan Quinn, this I'd be sitting making the calls. <laughs> this I'd be sitting making the calls, man. Oh, I love I'd this. Be calls. And, 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 I, and I got a dog in Michael Parson. So he's my hardest worker on and off the field. But he's my best player on the team. And he on my side on defense? Bro. There's a, hey, I'm, I'm going to add Jerry. Jerry, I need a recliner seat in the box up there. And I'm making my, I'm making my, matter of fact, I need a 24 karat gold headset so I can make my calls. 
Cause man, what you what you just acquired for me, this is looking good for the rest of the year. Hey Jerry, what a Super Bowl at? What a Super Bowl at? In this Vegas? year, this year yeah. in 2024, I'm embarrassed. Vegas, I don't know right? this off the top of my head. Give me just a second. I'm embarrassed. I think it's in Vegas, bro. Allegiant Stadium in Vegas. That is correct. Man, listen, listen here, man. If 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 I would if if Trey didn't get hurt, man, this hey, this what I'm telling AJ. I need a 24 karat gold headset, right? Now after that 24 karat gold headset, I'm talking about in the box where I'm making my calls at. Um, you know I like to use my binoculars too. Make sure that's 24 character. You can, matter of fact, you can put it at 23.9. They ain't got to be 24. You can put it at 23.9 for my binoculars to see down when I see the personnel. But I need the Egyptian cotton leather seat <laughs> just like this one when I'm going to make these phone calls, Jerry. And we're going to be in Vegas. Jerry, go ahead on, go to Vegas. Lay, lay out the land in Vegas. Go ahead on, because we're going to be there in February. That's, that's, the, that's the Trayvon Diggs effect to this to this defense because that, that's the strength of your team Dallas team was a defense it just sucks for Trey man I wish Trey uh well yeah um, hopefully have a a, a a speedy and healthy recovery coming off his ACL and I catch him next year that's the Taylor talk gems Ike saves for the very end of the show back-to-back weeks Ike we were consistent uh, last week, I cut up in Wyoming. That's that's like all time man, for me we'll too. We would get some hits on that, man. People was blowing me up over that one. It was amazing. It was amazing. Like final topic of the show. We'll rip through this really quickly. Uh, right. The rumor here in Carolina, in my neck of the woods, is that uh, that Bryce Young isn't actually hurt. They say it's an ankle injury. He's going to sit out week three on the road against the Seattle Seahawks. It's a very loud stadium known as the Twelfth Man. Uh, Andy Dalton will get the start, but the rumor here is that like the conspiracy theory is that he's not actually hurt because no one knows when Bryce Young got hurt during the Panthers Monday night game against the Saints. That was going on at the same time as the Steelers-Browns game. And he played the whole game through the fourth quarter, and then the team is saying that he suffered this ankle injury at some point in the first half. Frank Reich, the head coach, couldn't determine when. Uh, He had a long scramble at one point in the game, too. So the theory, and I, I don't know how much credence that there's, this is because Young also is not wearing a boot in practice, which is a good thing long-term, is that after a few games where he's had multiple turnovers, you go into a hostile environment and a hostile crowd in Seattle that they're going to rely on the veteran Dalton and say, hey, Bryce, we're going to sit you down. Uh, that's at least the theory. We'll see. But it's not like I expected Bryce Young to light it up in his rookie year considering uh, I, it's just my opinion. I don't think very highly of the Panthers skill position players, but you knew that was going to happen given that they were bottom half team of the league having to bottom out, bottom out. They had the ninth pick. They trade up to number one with the bears to get young in the first place. Yeah. That's a, that's an interesting, uh, this is an interesting move. So really, really, I can't even really speak on it. Cause it's, it, it, it is, is. I don't know if you overthinking, overanalyzing, or trying to fool somebody. I really don't know. I don't know if Bryce is hurt or not. Like I really don't know, so I really can't. I really can't say. But um, I mean, if I, I'm just gonna rewind back. Mm-hmm. If I had the first pick and we were talking about quarterbacks, you already know who I was going for. Richardson. Anthony Richardson. Yeah. All day in America. All day in America. <laughs> All day in America. And other than that concussion, you saw what he did. You know, he had two. Yeah, he, he started off with two touchdowns. So, 
But that's a, that's a whole other topic, man. My bad. I, I'm just no, 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 no. I, just, that's I'm fair game bad. because C.J. Stroud had a game where he lit it up too, and it has nothing to do with Bryce Young individually. Correct. Nothing For me, all. when I look at okay, what is the sample size of players at his size having success in the league? And we said this: Drew Brees, Russell Wilson. If you want to throw Kyler in that mix, the undersized quarterbacks having success, those guys that we named are really the exception, not the norm. Um, yeah, if you want to rewind that back, I know you can't do that now. Hindsight's 2020, revisionist history, but it's really not because the knock on Young coming into the league was his size. And then it's like, well, if it is actually an injury, it's week three and he's already not healthy. Uh, we'll see with Carolina, Ike. We'll see with Carolina. But remember, too. Remember two, and I'll wrap here. The Bears have their first round draft pick for 2024. So it's not like if they bottom out, they get a top pick in this year's draft, anyways. But uh nonetheless, Ike, this has been a terrific Man, show. Hold on, hold on. Go ahead. Go ahead. Hold on. This this on my brain. Since we're talking about quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Right. And really, we might got to start off the show after we talk about Pittsburgh Steelers and BetOnline.ag. Mm-hmm. We might got to start off. Second, you we, you gotta post this second. So I'm sitting, right? So we're talking about Caleb Williams, USC quarterback. Since we're talking yep. about quarterbacks in college. Yep. So we're talking about Caleb Williams, USC quarterback. Um, we also talking about Shador as well coming out. Mm-hmm. And we talking about Drake May from North Carolina. He's going to come out. Bo Nixon from Oregon. He's going to come out. Riley Drake. Leonard, Duke. Riley Leonard, Duke. So you're talking about, you know, the top 15 Let's say, you know, at the first in the first round, you might get six quarterbacks, four for sure in the first round, right? Mm-hmm. And I heard Uncle Prime say uh, on, a, on the internet, you know, Shador doesn't want to be second to nobody, right? And I understand that. I get it. I get it. If he can, if he can sit in an extra year, build with his dad, win a national championship, I get all that, you know. Um, Travis come back healthy the, the following year. He's going to have so many transfers coming out that portal. He's going to have to have a VIP list for it. I get all that. You can see where that's going right now. But um, Uncle Prime, just hear me out on this one, right? So I'm looking at Tom Brady, who is a mentor to Shador Sanders, right? Okay. Then I'm looking at Tom Brady have some kind of stock with the Las Vegas Raiders, right? Then I'm looking at Jimmy Garoppolo. He's getting up there. Let's see how if he can stay healthy throughout the season. Maybe it might be good for Shador to come out this year. Anyway, I'm just throwing, I'm just throwing it out there. I'm thinking Brady, Raiders, Shador Sanders. I'm just saying, oh, I'm just, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, it might make a little bit of sense. You got a nice running back in Jacobs and then Devontae Adams, too, is a nice target to have for any quarterback. Ike, I'm with you. Let me take this a step further because, Ike, you know, I've got a lot of family and friends in the Chicagoland area having grown up there. The rumor right now is that, like, oh, my gosh, are the Bears going to be the first team in NFL history to get the first and the second pick because they have their first pick. They have the Panthers' first pick. Both teams start out 0-2. Both don't look very good, and that's me being polite. Right. 
If I'm advising Caleb Williams and the Bears have the number one pick and they're looking to possibly regroup after Justin Fields and maybe all this whole conversation will look foolish, maybe the Bears turn it around. I doubt it, but we'll see. But if the Bears have the first overall pick and I'm advising Caleb Williams, I'm either saying I'm not playing for Chicago straight up or I'll go back to USC for a year and play quarterback again and go to a better situation. Yeah, yeah, both of them. My, 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 my Chicago people aren't going to want to hear that. And they might say, oh, well, then they could get they could get Caleb Williams and then Marvin Harrison Jr. And boom, you're set. The way the Bears develop quarterbacks, if I'm Caleb Williams, no thank you. No thank you. No, I get I get what you're saying. But with you know, with these NILs, if you if you balling in college and you're a top ranked quarterback like, you know, Sanders, Williams, Nixon, and and these guys coming out. And you got an option to go back and get 10 a year next year. I get it in college, 100%. Now you're in a position of power. Like, I'm looking at the team. I'm look, I'm shuffling through the board. I'm seeing where the board at. Bam, bam, bam. Uh, no, I don't like that organization. I don't like that organization. Now I'm going, I'm going back to school. But you can – it's so much time left. NFL have 17, right, 17 games, right? So – we don't know the the particular draft order after the Chicago Bears. So we'll see. But, yeah, you know, I mean, I think Caleb Dad already came out and said if he don't like <laughs> the way it's looking, whether it's Arizona or Chicago, he ain't tripping. <laughs> like, we going back to USC. So, so it, look, Mark, I get it. Eli did it. John Elway did it. Like, it's. Yeah. Yeah. Eli Daddy said we will not be attending the San, the San Diego Chargers. <laughs> that's what we not. That's what we not doing. We ain't going. And guess what Eli did? Didn't go. <laughs> New York, here we come. <laughs> Boy, you talking about family royalty? Oh, oh, you talking about <laughs> the Trump card? Just say so you know. Just that's like me. Hey man, I'm the man's brother. Huh? You dark? Right? I'm telling you, I'm the man's brother. Oh, what would you like? <laughs> what would you like? But no, I, I get you 100%, Mark. Like, this has been a fantastic yes, show. Sir. Yes, sir. Yes, I want to thank you, the Believe Network, today's presenting sponsor, betonline.ag. The listeners and the viewers, like, I like these live Friday discussions because we can bring in the viewers and their perspective. So if you took the time to watch us today, thank you. Thank you for your comments and for joining the discussion here this morning in NFL week three already here, a big, big matchup Sunday night Steelers in prime time yet again, see if they can get it done, get a two game winning streak rolling. We'll see if this offense can turn things around in week three. Man, I want to appreciate you Mark all day, every day. You know, I love you like a brother. Well, I want to thank believe in believe in Steelers podcast, everybody for tuning in. Uh, betonline.ag y'all been rocking with us since day one. Appreciate y'all showing them, but love. Make sure y'all make sure y'all subscribe to YouTube. Please give us a five star on Apple Podcasts. One thank all the viewers and listeners for tuning in to Mark and to Mark and I. Keep keep giving us keep asking us questions because we damn sure gonna try to answer all of them. For Ike Taylor, I'm Mark Bergen. Thank you for watching the Believe in Steelers show. Enjoy NFL Week Three. We'll see you next week. Until then, take care and so long, everybody.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.